Welcome to the Uncivilized Podcast. My name is Trevor Bohm and I will be your host. Every week or so, I try to get myself a fascinating human on the mic for you, someone who looks at the civilized world just like you do and says no thank you. Someone who wants to break some rules, to lead, and to bring their unique vision into the world. Someone for whom the status quo simply will not do. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I do. Please dive in. Hey folks, welcome back to the Uncivilized Podcast. This is Trey Verboom, your host, coming in live from Golden, Colorado. I just spent a wild weekend with Kimberly Wilde doing storytelling in Santa Barbara and got to spend a little bit of time with my brother, Michael Gay, out in Hawaii, catching some waves. Uh, Michael's one of the co-teachers for the initiation. It was a great, great trip. And I love being back in Golden because this is where I wrote the second half of Man Uncivilized. So it feels good in my heart to be here. What else feels good in my heart is the conversation I just had with Sirat Chawla. Now, I have been following Sirat for a number of years on Instagram, and we have been in touch for over a year trying to get this interview set up. So I'm so stoked that this happened. Now, I loved Sirat's content because it was anti-woke, anti-social justice nonsense, anti-victimization, anti-cancel culture, anti all the toxic shit you see on social media that claims itself to be righteous and claims itself to be untoxic all the while being toxic. And Sirot was the one who actually said, "Hey, I am a psychotherapist. I am not a I am a person who would fall under the protection of the social justice idea. She's not white, she's not straight, she's not uh, one one particular gender." But yet she was willing to say, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't seem to work for me. It doesn't seem to work for anybody. It doesn't seem to be intelligent. So she started calling people out. She started posting about cancel culture and how toxic it is. Now, what do you think happened? She got canceled three separate times for doing this or attempted canceling. And why did she know it was toxic? Because she was part of canceling someone a couple months before, before coming to this realization, right? So this is someone who's in the thick of it. Someone who actually understands what trauma is. You stick around to the end of the interview. We discuss the difference between trauma, wounding, and pain. She talks about her, uh, her main character syndrome and the lack of discipline and lack of responsibility that seems to be epidemic right now. Can you tell why I fucking love this conversation? This woman is real. And she's real at a time when being real will get you canceled. So there are gems throughout this whole conversation about dealing with online bullying, about dealing with be dealing with social media. Like social media is a thing, right? It's got great parts. Half of you are listening to this because of social media, but it's also got a shadow side that we as a culture need to acknowledge and deal with. All right, guys, if you love this conversation, please share it. Please put it on social media. I know. Please email it to people, share it with one person in your life. Please also leave a review. It really, really does help. And for you vets of the podcast, one, I love you. Thank you. Uh, two, you're going to notice that we're posting a little bit less this year. We've gone from eight episodes a month to four because if you've been with us for some time, you've seen just how fast the uncivilized movement has grown. We are just about to graduate 18 more guys as team leaders, 18 more guys as coaches. 
right? So this thing is now turned into an entity. We've got more employees. We've got more stuff happening. We've got events all over the world. We've got some crazy plans already for 2023, which is insane given how I used to love to live my life by the seat of my pants. And now I'm planning things two years out. So please continue to support us. We love you. We appreciate you. And without further ado, Sirat Chawla. Sirat Chawla, welcome to the Uncivilized Podcast. This is as we were chatting before we dove in. This is what, like a, <laughs> a year and a half in the making, I think. Oh my word. Uh, it's been so long. And your poor long suffering Ryan. Ryan, <laughs> 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 you're getting a shout out here. Uh, <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your time for for people who don't know you or know much about you, would you mind just sharing a little bit about what you do in the world? Yeah. Um, I'm a therapist based in London, England, and I'm originally from India. And I uh, have an Instagram page that people like and they followed and I ended up with a bit of a following. And I talk a lot about, you know, a lot of cultural commentary because I think there's a lot happening culturally that's impacting what's happening in mental health and Mm. then creating a bit of a mental health crisis. I think the ways the crisis is being dealt with are worsening the crisis. Mm. And um, and there's ha- a lot happening culturally that we've, you know, not seen before, but not in our lifetimes. And I think it's something to pay attention to. And um, it's important to talk about. Yeah, thank you. I This is how I found you through your Instagram page. And what was refreshing about it was that it seemed like you were challenging the cultural narrative with intelligence behind it. So not just a petulant adolescent teenager of, fuck the current culture, it's dumb, but hey, here's why this actually isn't getting us to where we're claiming to wanting to want to go, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Did, did this idea or, or your commentary just sort of fall in your lap or is it something that you noticed and and couldn't not speak on? How did you develop the voice that you have to talk about what you do? Probably a bit more of the of the latter. Um, you know, I, I, none of this was like in my awareness when I started my Instagram page. I think, you know, you'd find this as well. Having um, a public page is like growth on steroids almost <laughs> like <laughs> just just you know something about it there's something that happens there um and yeah it, it's I think what one being becoming very very exposed to the American um self-help and mental health culture mm-hmm. and how that's being so much of all, all of all of global cultures influenced by American culture mm-hmm. and that includes you know political ideas, American far-left progressive ideas, self-help culture, the way um, self-help and politics seem to be leaking into therapy Mm. and it's therapy sort of morphing into something else. You know, just kind of watching this over time and then starting to, you know, probably just that, noticing more and more about the way people react behavioral trends group behavior online Mm. cancel culture um having experienced that from both sides and yeah I couldn't I I have a glitch in my brain that that means that if I feel I have something I have to talk about it so I just do (laughs) 
and that's how I kind of ended up, you know, talking about these things and, yeah. and becoming very problematic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I imagine. I would, I would love to see your inbox for a day. Um, <laughs> it's, it's very true. I tell a number of people who are stepping into the public arena, when you deal with the general public, you are open to every single misperception, prejudice, yeah. projection, and some of the stupidest shit you can possibly imagine is going to be thrown at you uh, and some real stuff that's upsetting. And it's, there's still this biological entity of a human that has to read these comments and, and quote, deal with uh, the energy that's coming in. Was there one of those issues in particular that rubbed you the rawest? Was it cancel culture? Was it bullying? Was it coddling? Was it progressivism? The thing is that they're all so inextricably linked Hmm. that it's really, I think the thing that kind of was the biggest growth point was me actually helping to cancel someone. Really? Yeah. Would you mind sharing about that? Yeah, of course. So there's somebody who I would, you know, like now looking back and not having much, um, you know, lability there, there's not like, so looking back, I'd say this person is not great. <laughs> not a great person, really. Um, but there were issues there. And um, there was a whole, you know, as as this this momentum around social justice and stuff started growing, and I was good friends with a few people in America and Canada online who were very dialed into this. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to their criticisms of this person, which were very different to my criticisms of this person. And getting no one held a gun to my head and made me do anything. So I want to be very clear about that. I completely take responsibility for everything I've done. Um, but I got very sort of involved in this. And I knew I didn't 100% buy into it. But it was very convenient to join in on somebody else's, you know, they already had a crusade. Mm. And I had, I had these grievances. So it was very convenient to join in. Again, not that I think I had awareness of any of this at the time. Mm-hmm. I thought I was really, um, you know, this person is a huge problem. Um, there were some interpersonal issues with this person. They were doing some really weird stuff. And um, I'd just been bereaved. I was in lockdown alone. And I just look back on it and think I just went a bit unhinged and just got involved in this yeah. thing. And I very quickly de-escalated my part of it Mm. um got out of it went quiet about it and I just because you know a few a little bit a few weeks or so passed and I thought god see what the fuck have you done this Mm. is really um so the the awareness was pretty quick and then I just went quiet about it and tried to process it and then I kind of came away from that situation thinking yeah no like one there were um the social reward is so intoxicating yeah it's so intoxicating um having all these people cheer you on and to basically publicly humiliate someone Mm -hmm. um and you're being told that despite your my conscience I don't know about them but my conscience pricked me the whole way Mm. and I had my conscience telling you know like this doesn't feel you have that that kind of queasy feeling you know at the pit in the pit of your tummy where you know something's not right but then you have people all around you saying what a good thing you're doing and what a virtuous thing you're doing Mm. (laughs) and I thought I I just I felt really sick at myself I felt really ashamed of myself Mm. and 
kind of re-examined a lot of this, had to look at um, look at myself and um, what led me to get involved in this. Why was it so easy to, for me to get sucked into it? Um, and I didn't like what I saw and it did definitely took um, a bit of, yeah, it, something, it was something that um, I did end up growing from apologize to the part to this person. Oh, wow. Yeah. I apologize to her. Um, after that, more things transpired because, um, as I said, this is not very, this person is not great. Mm-hmm. And they did some very strange things. Yeah. But anyway, before that, I did apologize. Apologize to her, asked for her forgiveness. Just, you know, that was really important to do. And like, yeah, and I think that's what kind of made me think, right, if I can get sucked into this and I can now see, um, I just saw so many issues with this thing that I wasn't involved in for very long at all. It was very quick. It was sort of like a step in and then, oh, nope, (laughs) step out kind of situation. Um, And then I got thinking about it. And the more I thought about it, the more kind of I was alarmed by what was happening. Mm. And, And then I started talking about it and then of course because I was talking about it I then got cancelled right, right. <laughs> so, which is now happened which is now happened <laughs> yeah exactly the first one I just took it on the chin I was like listen Sira this this is karma like you have to just yeah like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah three times now three wow. time cancel veteran wow. <laughs> um I wouldn't recommend it yeah. <laughs> to my worst enemy. But um, Wait, then, before you, know, you go on, can I can I interject and ask? Yeah. What was the most powerful or intoxicating or enlivening part of canceling someone? Was it a sense of belonging? Was it like a mob? Like you got caught in a a spell from the mob? Like what if you could identify? What was the main player there? the main thing I remember more than anything was being in, in like very emotionally dysregulated. Okay. Now I'd just been, like I said, I'd just been bereaved. So I was not okay at all. Right. right. Um, and ge- in general, my mood is very stable. So, right. you know, I can really notice the, the contrast. And I was very emotionally dysregulated. I felt very kind of mobilized into this, you know, completely splitting. Uh, so us versus her mm, mm-hmm. and her being this, you know, like uh, it was, you know, when you attribute every negative quality to her, but while you're being completely blind to what you're doing, right. which is really fucking way more egregious than what she's done. Right. So I think it was that sense of dysregulation, splitting, and probably a sense of power. Mm, okay. Of, um, you know, like, here's this person who we're all, I guess, against. And no one's really being honest there about their about their thoughts and intentions and why they're doing what they're doing. Like, some of them are still cancelling her. Like, right. they have not moved on from this in two years. Right. But this sense of power that you, you are hurting somebody... Not that I th- I genuinely didn't want to didn't want to hurt her, but I wanted her to stop what at the time I thought were like really scary things that she was doing. But yeah, the dysregulation, 
the um the power from being in in this deranged group of people sure sure um yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you a question that is my sense of some of the toxicity online and may not be right and may just be straight up misogyny it feels like this is far more of a female thing that women are attacking other women. When George Floyd got killed here in the U S it felt like every woman in the spiritual space, specifically in the coaching space, were attacking each other for not being woke enough, uh, no matter what they did. And I remember having conversations with a lot of conscious men. I'm in a bunch of men's circles and saying, like, are we, are we, should we be attacked? Like, should we be in on this? Mm-hmm. And also, why aren't we affected the same way as it feels like the women are and inspired to attack each other? One is that, do you agree with that? Or is it just my view? And no, I do agree, actually. Okay, then would you, would you mind? Is it, what is it about the collective feminine that it fosters this, this kind of toxicity online? So male aggression is usually physical. And when men feel, um, you know, this sort of, you feel aggression bubbling up and sort of like coming up and you're ready to, you want to physically strike someone, you want to punch them and hit them and attack them. When female aggression rarely manifests as physical mm-hmm. violence, it's usually more emotional and psychological violence. Okay. And that translates um, quite easily and quite well uploads into you know social media and then you can and then that kind of violence that psychological and emotional violence social media allows for it to happen at scale Mm. and that's what is happening so and it is it is true like you do get the male feminist types who um get involved in it as well and do a lot of you know finger pointing and right screeching and screaming like everyone else but um in general, like for me, almost everyone who's harassed me online has been a white liberal woman from right. North America, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. almost exclusively. Here and there, yeah, you'll get some man who's who's like white knighting, mm-hmm. um, but it's all. And then I see other dog piles. You almost, it's quite rare that you'll see. Sometimes on on the conservative side, you'll see men dogpiling people. Sure, but when it's kind of like a woke issue, you'll see much more, um, it's just, you don't you don't see hordes of men going to tell somebody you're being problematic. It's always right. women. Right. So that's interesting. Yeah, interesting what, what would you say about that demographic specifically? And I'm not trying to pick on white liberal women. Yeah. But that was the exact group that I sat back and for a year and a half went, wow you guys have taken a break from pitching your love and light workshops in Bali to now attacking the shit out of each other for in terrible ways. And I didn't even know what was going on behind the scenes until a few of my friends who are in the women who are in the coaching space would post something completely innocuous uh, and then share with me the DMs they were getting from white liberal female strangers in the spiritual space saying the most horrible shit. What is it about that demographic that gets pulled into this fight, do you think? Um, so I'm not very dialed into the, the spiritual side of things. 
on Instagram because I find a lot of them are not grounded like me. <laughs> I use the word spiritual in quotes. I'll say that politely. <laughs> They're not as grounded as you. Um, People who are selling spirituality on Instagram, okay. I will say that community. <laughs> so if I had to, if I had to speculate about just based on the information you've given me, if you're selling a workshop in Bali, I'm going to imagine that you're making quite a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, here's this this movement that's based on dividing people into the oppressors and the oppressed. So you're white, your skin is white, and you're selling, um, you're making a lot of money, you're, you know, it, it's, it's trying to appease the crocodile so it eats them last and throw other people uh, in the crocodile's mouth. Yep, yep, yep. So I think there's a lot of that. Yeah, it's a great way and to put it a lot of deflection like you'll find some of the most rabidly cruel people are you know sometimes they have uh, um some identity markers like someone might be brown or someone might be you know like they'll use those things as a shield mm. but they're almost always like middle class university educated first worlders mm. like you're not oppressed right, but right. you you're creating an oppression as an or you're creating an oppressed identity as a shield mm. and then deflecting attention from yourself mm. by attacking other people and publicly you know it's like the gladiators and, yeah. and or like the coliseum like you're throwing people in the arena mm-hmm. and letting the lions eat them so that you don't get noticed i think there's a lot uh, of that going on yeah that's a great explanation of it, it it's i can see that happening over and over and over as well yeah. Would you mind stupid? Yeah, it's stupid because the crocodile will not eat you last. Right. It's (laughs) it's been I I say this in jest, but it's been entertaining to watch things unfold over the past couple of years and say, wow, the thing you perpetuated is now happening to you. Those of us who just stepped out of the fray and were uh, called for it, insulted for it, attacked for not engaging are now watching you guys eat each other. Would, yeah. would you share a bit of just what is it like to be canceled? What is the, oh, the embodied physical? Like, do you do you up all night? Does it does it feel yeah. like you're under attack? I would love to so, just hear from your perspective. I have PTSD, not like Instagram trauma, like actual trauma. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> My coffee like, was a little bit cold this morning, so I too am traumatized. Uh, <laughs> I'll be okay. I'll be okay. You wouldn't mind Thank just God. Venmoing me twenty bucks, though. It would help a lot. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm brown. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> So, yeah, the, the the first time it happened was probably the worst because, you know, um, I had been, I was still in this dysregulate. So I'm, I'm, I've helped cancel somebody. I've mm-hmm. stepped out of this. Mm-hmm. I'm really ashamed of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quite angry at the people that I felt a little bit like are really doing the wrong thing. So still a little bit of what I was... But not not actually attacking anybody because I've, I've already realized this is a you know this is not the way you do anything, mm-hmm. um, and I had just it was I had just started criticizing these American progressive ideas and wokeness and this kind of stuff and some of my criticisms were very clumsy mm-hmm. they were very mm-hmm. too sharp and if I had to say them again now I wouldn't say them that way but 
I'm not ashamed of anything I've done and I'm not going to play this woke culture of hiding shit. So they're on my right. Twitter if you want to go and see them. <laughs> and um, yeah, they were too sharp. And uh, um, but, but there was nothing that egregious. There really wasn't. And someone from the Instagram therapy group found them and then they screenshot them all mm. and then put them up and um, basically started calling for me to be cancelled. And immediately overnight, I went through the great unfriending where all mm. the therapists unfollowed me. Wow. And um, and I was attacked. And it was before that we had this limit feature on Instagram. So I was getting hundreds and hundreds of DMs every day wow. of people, just, just abusive D every day. And right. I was being attacked across platforms. Wow. You know, like burner accounts would pop up on Twitter, 10, 20 a day. Wow. Um, someone got in touch with my board and complained about me. Um, I think someone even did try to do something with my electoral register because the um, electoral board got in touch and said, did you want to remove your name? And I was like, no, I, I never asked to do that. Wow. Um, so it was very stressful. And then when your income is tied to being online, Mm -hmm. it's very difficult it's very very difficult to deal with that and and we're in lockdown there's no one to go nowhere to go but mm -hmm. online mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah and you know just watching like I've been really poor poor enough that like I used to get my food from the food bank and like you know couldn't afford like literally go hungry sometimes and I was I was poor dirt poor almost homeless and so when you built up something by yourself and then you're watching your follower count drop, saying, am I going to be poor again? Is all everything I've built going to be taken away from me by these people? Um, and it was very frightening. Um, now that I've been through it a few times, I have a completely different perspective to it. But at the time, um, it was terrorizing. It brought my PTSD back. For, yeah. I had to go on antidepressants for a bit because wow. my PTSD was really brought back up like, very strongly yeah it was it, it, you know um it went on for so many months that by the time Christmas rolled around I was um I wasn't suicidal but I was having suicidal ideation mm -hmm. because you're being attacked all day every day for months by hundreds and sometimes thousands of people yeah. all your friends even the people who haven't unfollowed you they just turn away quietly and don't talk to you mm. um so you're just completely isolated, publicly humiliated and shamed, attacked. You can see these people are trying to ruin your life in every way, trying to ruin your career, um, doing everything they can. It's, 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 I would not recommend it to anybody. Yeah. Um, or would not rather, no, no one would recommend it, but wouldn't wish it upon anybody, not even them. Sure. Um, so it's a pretty... Um, it was a very, very re-traumatizing, if yeah, not traumatic exposure yeah, in, in itself. Yeah. I think that the sheer exhaustion of it, of waking up, knowing you have to turn on your social media, sift through hundreds yeah. of messages attacking you. And for people who aren't in the public space, imagine one comment, one negative comment and what that can do to your day. And then multiply that by thousands for months, and it's it feels like a recipe for, uh, for for being heavily traumatized. You you mm. said that now that you've been through it a couple of times, you see it from a different perspective. Would you yeah. mind sharing a bit about that perspective? 
I think I've been deep, like I think for a long time and why it really once you've been through it a few times your nervous system has a different experience of it you don't panic in the same way mm-hmm. you don't feel threatened necessarily in the same way not that it's in any way pleasant and sometimes you you know like it's just it's like imagine you've been through four car crashes either by the fourth one you're going to be completely fucked up and car crashes are going to send you like off the cliff or you've been through it enough times and survived each one and just thought right okay I know how to get through this this is really awful I know how to put my bones back in splints I know how to kind of crawl my way out of the situation I know how to look after myself um I know not to get in this kind of car again so it's very abusive and dysfunctional like I'm not recommending I'm not like talking about this and saying I figured out some great secret of dealing with it it's it is sure it's like having been abused and having been actually beaten in my life it's like I know how to go through abuse mm-hmm. and I think that's helped to yeah. deal with being wow. cancelled repeatedly that's a hell yeah. of a sentence though yeah um, but no but it's true hey guys hope you're loving this conversation with Sirat. now I want to introduce you again to our coaches We have a number of men who have gotten helped by getting coached by our man uncivilized coaches, right? These are guys who are in the thick of it, guys who know how to help men specifically. I know it's a bit of a leap of faith to take, like to take to get coaching or to admit that you need coaching or want coaching, but boy, is it going to help in the long run. So any of you guys who just want to tune up, who may be struggling with something, or any of you ladies who know men who maybe need a tune-up or maybe struggling with something, please go to manuncivilized.com forward slash coaching dash accelerator dash application. One more time, manuncivilized.com forward slash coaching dash accelerator dash application and get in with these guys. They're brilliant. They're pros. They will help you get from A to B faster and with less pain. All right, back to Sirat. In your opinion, and I know this is probably speculative, who the fuck are these people? It 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 feels like there's a group, like a yeah. committee that's like, hey guys, let's um hmm, there's there's 500 of us. We don't have jobs, we have really low self-esteem, we have lots of social media channels. Let's pick her. She said that, you know, some people who pretend who are aren't oppressed pretend to be oppressed. Okay, let's mobilize the troops. How does this thing gain a critical mass? How does it go from one person who's like, I don't like your post to someone trying to get your fucking job taken from you? How, how does that happen? Well, I think they it's uniquely set up for a mob because they're already in this kind of group think hive mind. Hmm. So, you know, one person has a huge outraged reaction everybody else just mirrors that outrage reaction before you know it it's like it's like a um what is that thing they do in stadiums is a mexican wave yeah that the what wave, it's called? The wave, the yeah wave. that's what it's wave, like yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. Hmm. i think that's what it's like and so they're uniquely um positioned to become a mob that's mobilized because they're already a group think hive mind and yeah. they already have like four or five leaders who tell them what they're meant to think. Okay. And they just think that, you know. Okay. 
like I posted the other, I think my last post on Instagram was people who jump on board every cancellation campaign. Right. Do you have your own mind or do you just right. do what the group tells you to do? Right. Um, and it's because they, they really seem like they don't, or they'll say, oh, I didn't you know, like when I was a bit more dialed into it, I've had more than one conversation with someone who said, I didn't understand what was wrong with this. Can you tell me? Mm. Oh, okay, now I know, now I'm angry. And it's uh. like, use your, you know, like you didn't find it offensive. That's actually okay. You don't have to right. find everything right. offensive. And then the other thing is that they jump on board because it's very like socially authoritarian. If you resist them, or if you're like me, a defector, Mm -hmm. um or you know uh, like I think I get attacked so much because one I'm immigrant brown woman neurodivergent um gender non-conforming actually in quite a few ways like all those things and um and yet I don't believe what they believe I don't need them to rescue me right. so then you you're threatening everything they believe and right. instead of um listening to anything I have to say or um you know they don't have any intellectual humility you're threatening um you're threatening you're not just threatening their beliefs you're threatening who they are because their beliefs and their identity seem very closely tied together right um so they just try and discredit you so no one will listen to what you're saying right and um i can't remember how i got off this tangent but i know the question was how does it become a mob um and then they start posting Right. You know, and again, it spreads like wildfire because of this whole um, the way social media is set up and you have stories, you tag people, you make posts, they get shared around, they go, go viral. If you notice some of the posts from the social justice people, the ones that go really viral are the ones that are, um, you know, I want to warn the community about this person mm. who is harmful because they put, you know, milk in their coffee instead of cream. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fascinating. And it, I think especially for people like you, uh, I had Amir Odom on here early on and he's black, gay, male, conservative. Yeah. And, and he said, most people who are angry with me are white, straight liberals because I don't yeah. fit the mold of the person they've created identity around protecting, which yeah. would be you of like, wait a minute, but everything we're saying should be is here to protect you secretly. It's not, it's to give us an identity and something to do during the day. Uh, would you, <laughs> it's, it's so bad. How did we get so backwards? And if you, if, if you wouldn't mind, what is social media doing to us that we may not be aware of, or we are aware of, but it's, it's, it's got too much of a critical mass in your opinion. Like how is social media fucking us up? beyond the ways that we know of like, oh, I don't have as much attention and I'm, I'm, I'd rather stay home and chat with my friends online than go out and hug a real human. Beyond that, how is social media fucking us up? Honestly, I think a shorter list would be how is it not fucking us up? And uh, like the first alarm bells you can think about, like an article came out a few days ago of Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. They never let their children even have smartphones. Right. So, you know, these people are like demons that are uh, ruining everybody else in the world, but protecting their children. Like they know, they know what they've unleashed on the world. Mm. And I think this is a very difficult question to answer because we're not going to know until 10, 20 years down the line when some of the social, behavioral, psychological trends really start to emerge and we see them. And you can like compare them 
uh, across the different Western countries and around the world. But, um, <clears throat> okay, so communicating through screens, that's not normal to us, is it? Because we haven't evolved to do that. Mm -hmm. So you can't mirror each other. There's no mirror neuronal firing. Um, there's no, you don't get voice tone, the striated muscles in the face, you're not seeing any of that. Um, so you can, what I think a lot of people do, and I think I, I get this a lot because my posts are very blunt in speech, but if mm. you hear me say them, there's nothing behind them. There's no meanness or malice or anything, quite neutral. But I think people read them how they're feeling. So yeah. I think people, you know, whatever emotional, psychological or nervous system state they're in, that's how they read the post. And then they yeah. attack you like you personally came into their house and like shit on their dining table. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite analogies. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I remember early on as a writer, uh, I, put, I was doing a blog for a year on a different project and yeah. had a woman reach out to me and say like, God, you are so angry when you wrote that last article. And I remember sitting there like laughing at my kitchen table as I wrote it. It's yeah. like, no, 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 I wasn't angry. And her reply was like, I know I could, I could feel it. Like, I know how angry you were. And it was so early. It was like, I wanted to argue with like, no, 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 you don't, you don't. All right. You know what? Fuck it. You're right. Yeah. Have a great day. Uh, go yeah. God, leave me alone. That's what uh, happened. Once you're about three, four, five years in that. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> you're <laughs> I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> <laughs> so given that this thing feels like it's bigger than like we, we, we can't stop it right no. social media is, it's parts how i make money it's how i get clients it's how i sell books it's how i do all the things is there a way in your opinion to be healthy and be on social media it's very difficult it's like saying is there a way to be on cocaine and be healthy so you know okay. it's really fucking difficult like it's designed social media. You, do you know when you open Twitter and it takes a few seconds to load before you mm. see your tweets and you see the circle and you're watching it and you're thinking, fuck, load. Um, it was designed to do that. So so it feels like when um, you get three, you get three on the slot machines. Yeah. It's designed to give you that dopamine hit, like hard dopamine yeah. hit of reward, like it's all loaded. Like, gotcha. A lot of people have used their their intelligence for evil, their powers for evil in designing social media and smartphones. Mm -hmm. So this stuff is designed to keep you hooked. I think it's even harder when you're um, actually creating content mm -hmm. uh, because your brain is constantly stewing in dopamine. You mm. like how many likes did I get? You notice mm -hmm. the difference in your affect when you have a post that doesn't do as well. Right. Or on a day you don't get that as many followers as you did on a, on a better day. Sure. Um, all these things, you have to like really pay attention to them. And um, also the sense that you have to stay on that hamster wheel and keep producing content and keep being on there and keep being um, busy. And I think the way young people, like cancel culture is so rife amongst young people. Mm. And they're not outside playing and climbing trees. They're inside on their devices. And... Um, they're, they're communicating like I think when you introduce something like social media into a group like say a group of kids at a high school or friend group or group behavior in general it alters the group behavior compared to a group that has no social media no kidding. Um, as a variable right how so so 
well just just the fact that something so big and so sort of pernicious mm. is part of a group of people and the way they relate and communicate to each other um i think the the female aggression part of it the passive aggression the kind of watching what each other's doing the snitch tagging snitch, snitch posting mm. um the lack of um face to face interaction while you're communicating with people um i think sometimes like unless you've you've taken the time to really get to know someone on social media you can feel like you're in a video game almost mm. they don't feel like a real person they're just somebody who lives in your phone mm. you know like a like a so like an there's avatar. so much yeah. yeah yeah and there's so much there that is you know rife for it for exploring yeah uh so there's it's the and like look at cancel culture that's group behavior that couldn't exist without social media right how would they cancel anyone they right. would what mobilize in a group and then what phone up your employer maybe right they couldn't abuse you for months and months and months yeah and i think it's important to remember that the point is to abuse you more mm. than anything else mm-hmm. um so there's so much of group behavior i think that's impacted by by social media even like um other forms of social media like dating apps and things like that how they've um impacted the way like dating culture exists right you know commodifying people the paradox sure. of choice sure um like the disposability of um you know okay it doesn't work out with this one or she said something i didn't like or he wore a shirt i didn't like right i'll just keep swiping and i'll find somebody else right um so there's so much happening now that um i don't think we'll really understand the impacts of um a few years decades into the future yeah and all i can say <clears throat> is that you know treat these things with caution yeah that's really my my view with with them like um treat them with caution be sensible um listen i'm as addicted to twitter as anybody else like much more on twitter than instagram probably but um you have to be aware of what you're doing you have mm-hmm. to be really aware of what you're doing mm-hmm. um and be careful like i think in the future some of these things like social media will have warning labels on them like cigarettes do yeah Yeah, yeah, I, I completely so. agree with you. Yeah. It's it's such a fascinating experiment to be caught in. Yeah, this is a big social experiment. Yeah. I'm absolutely convinced of it. Yeah, I'd say even as people who like you and I can have a discussion about social media, meaning we can look at it from the outside yeah. in and yeah. just this year my partner and I decided that every Wednesday and Sunday we would delete Instagram. Just delete the app completely. Uh, yeah. and i've noticed how just on that day my behavior changes around my phone wow that i don't pick it up as often but i do get yeah. anxious in the mornings of like shit what if what if i'm missing something what if someone's saying something that i need there is like an anxiety yeah. uh, and towards the end of the day that anxiety has waned so even yeah. in a 24 hour cycle it's it's done something to me biologically yeah that, Five years ago, I would have argued like, no, 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 no. It's 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 just my phone. Uh, do you do you have? I, I don't want this to sound too loaded, but do you have faith for us as a culture, given how powerful this entity is in our in our lives now? 
And I would I'd phrase the question perhaps looking more so at people under the age of 30. I'm 46. I grew up with the like, go outside, come back when it gets dark Same. mentality. And, and remember having a phone in my late 20s for work and they were so pissed at me because it was never on. I was like, I don't want you guys to get in touch with me. So I just left it in my glove box. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a, a catastrophe coming? And I don't want to sound doomsday-ish, but you're a, you're a psychologist. You're in the mix with this. You hear the Psych- stories. Psychotherapist. Psychotherapist, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like you, but you, ca- you talk to people about their challenges. Um, so look at it this way. None of our ancestors were staring all day, every day, at a little triangle of light, basically beaming information into their brains. Mm. So from an evolutionary perspective, it makes me wonder how we're going to adapt to this. Um, and none of our ancestors were as connected to networks of, you know, such large networks of people. It was maximum, it was a certain mile radius and maybe maximum 150 people. Right, That's it. Right, right. So you didn't have access to this kind of bad news on a global scale. You didn't have friends all over the fucking, which is fine. Like that's one of the pros to meet people around the world and stuff. Sure. And I wouldn't be talking if it wasn't sure. for social media, but we didn't have such large networks of people that would, was, would have been unheard of. Um, and you didn't, you weren't exposed to this kind of like bullying has always exist or these kinds of like human behaviors, um, or the like, I won't say darker side, but the more kind of, you know, that kind of side of human behavior has always existed. We all have that impulse within us. That's Mm -hmm. why we pay attention to ourselves. Um, but it's like, all of the base impulses of human behavior, we've just gone and thrown gasoline on that fire mm. and con- and plugged everyone into it. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Mm. So, so going forward, why don't, maybe there could be a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Maybe there won't. Maybe we'll, some very intelligent people will figure some things out that makes it better for us to use. But I think personal responsibility is really fucking important here. Yeah. And it's really important not to you know, sit around saying, oh, woe is me, social media has ruined my concentration and Mm. um, it's making everything really difficult and things would be so much better if it wasn't for social media and my phone. No, you get disciplined. Mm. You delete social media off your phone if it's causing you a problem. You put your phone in a different room and you sit down and you train your concentration and learn to read. You manage your own behavior and don't fucking harass anybody. Mm-hmm. everyone needs to get really fucking disciplined. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what's going to get us through this disciplined personal responsibility and, um, you know, inte- like taking intelligent action. Yeah. No wonder you've been canceled three times. You just said discipline and personal responsibility. <laughs> <Which is> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you must be hated. That, those, that's, every... my, that's literally my my central message: discipline, personal responsibility. Yeah. And um, no, you do. You have to do it. Because no, who else is going to come and do it for you? Is somebody else going to come and um, unless you're waiting around for Elon Musk to make Neuralink, right. um, that's going to somehow supercharge your concentration or something um who's who's going to come and do it for you yeah so get up and do it do you do you feel like i love your message uh first of all do you feel like it's starting to take hold more of it felt like two three years ago 
the best thing in the world to be was a victim. If, especially yeah. if you were on, on online, it was like, oh my God, that I, I aspire to be a victim. And now yeah. there are voices such as yours. Uh, I don't, I don't know how comfortable you are being lumped in with Jordan Peterson. But I'll just throw that name in there. If I like Jordan Peterson. I have a lot of respect for him. I do as well. Uh, just people saying, wait a minute, if you want your life to be better, you're actually going to have to do something about it. Yeah. Do you feel like that message has a tiny little foothold now? Yeah. And if so, why is it making a, a comeback per se? Um, see, I don't know how much of this is, is my audience having shifted over? Because mm. I've purposely um, been posting things that to get rid of people I don't want following me. And gotcha. um, I've done that a lot. So, and to, so, um, but I have, I have noticed a huge difference. And even the people who disagree, they're a lot less venomous about it. Mm. And I don't care if you disagree with me. I really don't care. Mine is just one perspective. It doesn't work for you. Don't do it. But if you are going to come and like, listen to me and whatever, I expect at the very least politeness. And mm-hmm. my audience has changed over into these really intelligent, um, like I learn from my comments every day like clever people thoughtful people people who want to take responsibility and either they're already doing it or they want to learn how Mm. so it's probably a mixture of the two that the message is taking a foothold and i'm attracting people who want to hear that message yeah good for you it's i think it's so important and i believe there was a i know it's a loaded term but a silent majority who for the past five years did look at what was happening and go wait a minute this is this doesn't make sense no uh and it, it it's unsustainable long term we cannot think- have the the race to the bottom be the race we all want to get in what about people who do want to strive and do and even people who say yeah really bad shit happened to me i have yeah. been traumatized i am in a class of people who are more oppressed than others and yet staying here and wallowing in this position isn't getting me to where i want to be so well, it feels like me, you've um, given voice to that. Yeah, and like I grew up in a country with an actual patriarchy. Mm-hmm. I've experience of um, like I grew up in a rape crisis mm-hmm. where um, I was, let's for a lack for without going too much into my history, but I couldn't count how many men um, did something to me when I was a child that shouldn't have happened. Mm. Um, so well, just to be clear, so you grew up in India, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where there's a rape, you can just Google India rape crisis. And, oh yeah. You know, I wouldn't do it unless you're feeling some, some kind of uh, strength of um, spirit. Sure. <laughs> and sure. Um, I left. I've been uh, basically homeless. I've been so poor that I couldn't even afford the bus ride to the food bank. My shoes were held together with electrical tape because <laughs> um, I couldn't get new shoes. Um, I've been through a lot. I have neurodivergence. I can say that the social media is, you know, making my ADHD and my spectruminess worse and, you know, poor me. No, like, and I wouldn't have got through any of that and be where I am now if I hadn't taken responsibility, had discipline and did every fucking thing I could mm-hmm. to make my life better. Right. So, yeah. So I, I really do believe that um, 
that's that's the way forward. Right. I don't think sitting around navel gazing and writing in a journal is going to do anything meaningful for your life. Hmm. Would you say I'm going to challenge that one just a little mm-hmm. bit? What about, what about the self, just, just having an insight into who you are and what makes you tick yeah. as, a, as a means really from important. which to get out of? That's, That's what really I talk important. about with navel gazing and journaling of. Yeah. At the end of that session, you have to get up and do something. Mm. That's, I think, the difference or, or what I'm yeah. trying to get across to my guys. Well, I think some of the things here are that um, there's people who actually um, have mental illness, mental health difficulties, PTSD, Mm. different things, or very difficult life circumstances. And they need actual help, professional care, sometimes resources and support. Yeah. Um, And, you know, so that they have a foundation from which they can build. And there's another group of people that appropriates the first group's people (laughs) suffering and keeps screaming and shouting on the internet <laughs> and um they need to just get up get up and do if they want to i mean i i don't necessarily speak to that group i speak to people who are interested and want like you know life is short i don't have time to convert people <laughs> and right, i'm not interested right. in doing that right. like very very strongly believe in autonomy and people should you know it should come from you yeah do what you want to do but yeah. if you want to do it i'll help you um, yeah, I appreciate that. It feels like a bit of this the the trauma pendulum went yeah. from trauma doesn't exist, you just need to get up and fucking do it to yeah. woof, the other side of oh my god, I've been traumatized my entire life no matter who I am. I had great yeah. parents, I'm a white dude, but still I must have been super traumatized because I jerk off five times a day to, to the internet. <laughs> uh but that's okay because see how traumatized I am. To somewhere, it feels like it's just starting to come back to the middle of, yeah, some shit happened to you. And I'm not talking about people who had severe abuse or have have severe mental illness. But for us who don't have that, who have sometimes latched on to the trauma label to say, one of the reasons I appreciate your message is get over, get through some of that. It's yeah. if you sit like me sitting on this couch all day, just be like, you know what? That one time my dad wasn't there and, and you know, I, I just, I won the baseball game and he wasn't home because I was, he was working and, and I'm not, I'm unseen. I'm unmet. I'm unheard. I'm unloved. I'm on all the things. So fuck, where's my paycheck? Uh, doesn't feel like the message either, but do you feel like the, the, I think one of the beauties of social media is it actually helped a lot of people understand more about trauma. Yeah. And now it needs to come back to center of, and yet we move through that. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And I definitely don't think everybody has trauma. I don't appreciate the bastardization of the word trauma, mm. which means a very specific thing. But um, people do have wounding and people do have pain. And there's no reason you should suppress that, pretend it isn't there, um, do any of that stuff. You need to deal with it. But then you don't need to live there. You need to get on and do something else. So, you know, if you had a difficult childhood, And that's the other thing. Everyone did not have a difficult childhood, so we need to stop doing that as well. Mm -hmm. But if you had a difficult childhood, deal with it. Mm -hmm. But don't fixate on it for the rest of your life. You don't need to be 40, 50, and 60 saying, my mom and dad didn't do this. Like, by then, you know, you you don't... I think that's the problem. So much of what 
um, you hear on the internet and from like the whole Insta therapy stuff and some of the like just that general sort of niche is um, just fix it, fixate on your childhood, fixate on your trauma, fixate on your feelings, um, poor you. And like how much of this content actually makes you feel like do you go away with and it's left you with some value mm. and how much of it makes you feel even more deflated, mm-hmm. disempowered and like, um, you know, like you want to fucking give up. Right. I think it's a, a great point. Would you mind in your words, defining the difference between trauma, wounding and pain? Yeah. Well, pain and pain and emotional pain is just, you know, pain. We all know what that feels like yeah. to be in pain. Um, that doesn't, that's not pathology at all in any way it's a human it's part of the human experience and it's an inextricable part of the human experience you can't get through life without experiencing pain um so that's one thing that we need to to get clear about wounding is when something difficult or painful has happened to you in the past and it still impacts you and it might still impact how you are in the world and how you feel about yourself and you know there's something there's like a reverberation left of that Mm -hmm. initial experience that you're working through and maybe dealing with and something difficult and distressing happened and trauma is like an injury so something really terrorizing happened so you were in a flood or you were beaten up or assaulted or you know something happened to you and um it was so terrorizing it kind of almost short-circuited your system Mm. and it left like an injury so Mm. and it's it's like it's like living with a disability you know most people with PTSD lose a few days a week easily Mm. to that Mm. to that disability Mm. so those and you you want to bring up the fine points and the differences between those things because we're collapsing everything into into each other and trauma as they say on the internet is now everything from emotional pain to something I didn't like happened to um someone abused me to actual like it's all and the funniest thing of all this is that actual PTSD is not any part of this dialogue but Mm -hmm. they've taken the language of PTSD Mm -hmm. why do that just to, to to sort of summarize and wrap it up why has that why has trauma been appropriated I think it's to do with this, um, all these cultural shifts. And I think a lot of what we're seeing and, you know, some research has been done into this, that like the coddled generation have sky high um, rates of depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And that's because they've had, you know, coddling isn't something, isn't a good thing to do to somebody. Right. And it impact too much safety also has an impact, just like too little safety. Right. And it's, it's instead of actually thinking these ideas through and finding um, sort of being very clear about what belongs to what, um, it's lazy thinking, it's collapsing it all into, right, the answer must be Mm. trauma. Mm -hmm. So if you have depression and anxiety, it's not that you had, you know, too good a time and you were so sheltered and so protected and so coddled that you have no uh, stress tolerance whatsoever. You can't cope with anything you have completely unrealistic ideas about what life was going to be. You've become completely deflated and depressed because it's not that you were told you were special from day one. You find out you're average and mediocre. You can't cope with that either. You know, there's a lot of this going on, yeah. like this main character syndrome. Mm. And um, 
and all these so you know if you're told that you're special from day one and then you go out in the world and the world doesn't reflect it back to you right a lot of these people get like a very serious narcissistic injury that doesn't mean that they're narcissists but it's right. a narcissistic injury and they just collapse into themselves so all those things all those different experiences and we could talk we could probably do another whole podcast on all the different you know things that are contributing to the mental health crisis have all just been given the one answer and that's trauma okay. so it's like just i mean if you think about it for even five minutes it makes no sense mm-hmm. but that's what even therapists are promoting this idea mm. there's a lot in there yeah yeah i really i really appreciate the main character syndrome I, I feel that with a lot of the younger guys who come into my program and programs and are, are under skilled yeah. and under resourced of like, Hey, how do I handle this? And a lot of us older guys will say, you know, have you tried doing pushups? <laughs> you, just something. Have you, are you okay with just being uncomfortable? Are you okay putting yourself in uncomfortable situations because that was a lot of, you know, when I joked of how I was raised, it was go outside, come back when it's dark. And our yeah. little gang of eight kids who lived in the neighborhood figured out how to deal with injuries, how to deal with someone's crying, how to deal with, okay, we're hungry. Where do we go? Uh, yeah. and, and create adventures and, and, and et cetera. And I, I, I feel for a generation that um, is just under-resourced and under but but I think something important to say about it is they're over-resourced mm. when it comes to material external resources, under-resourced sure. when it comes to internal resources. Yeah, that's mic drop right there. Let's let's leave it at that. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I know that you're a very busy human. Uh, for people <laughs> who are interested in finding out more of your work or or, or uh, getting your offerings, where do, where do you hang out? We, we mentioned um, the addiction to Twitter. Uh, I'm yeah. not on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> by design, Sirat. I was like, oh, I don't want to go there. It's like the first time I saw train spotting. I was like, I'm never going to do heroin. Never, ever, ever. That's how I feel about Twitter. Uh, where are you spending your time these days? Where can um, people politely Insta- get in touch with Instagram, you? Instagram, Twitter, and I have a membership that they can find through Instagram or through my website. Would you mind um, saying a little bit about the membership? It's basically um, sort of a monthly, monthly subscription thing. The main selling point is that I'll do a webinar every month. Mm. Um, and every month I kind of make like a little mini course um, teaching. So one month was personal responsibility. Another month was emotional regulation. Mm. This month I've been kind of introducing people to a lot of really important personal growth ideas that I think everyone should understand and know about. Okay. Um, so each month you get like basically paid only content and it's mm-hmm. like longer form. It's a bit more, has a bit more substance to it. Um, there's usually something there, like a teaching element to it. Mm. So some of the stuff I talk about on social media, like take personal responsibility and manage right. your emotions. The point of the membership is to just teach you how to do some of those things. Gotcha. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for being a voice of reason in a time that feels very chaotic uh, I think your work is is going to be what's looked towards more and more in the next couple of years, because it actually does give people agency and sovereignty and just doesn't stamp another label on their heads. So I deeply appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me and um, see you back on Instagram, probably. <laughs> Not Wednesdays and Sundays. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day.
This is Traver Bohm signing off on another episode of the Uncivilized Podcast. If you enjoyed this, please give us a share. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. And if you're interested in getting a hold of my book, Man Uncivilized, whether you're a man or a woman, please go to www.manuncivilized.com forward slash the book and get reading.